If you thought the isolation, the freezing cold, and the extended darkness were reasons not to live in Alaska, just add vampires. On this Shocktober episode of Moving Panels, we discuss 30 Days of Night. Welcome to Moving Panels, the podcast where we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. I'm your host, Larry B. Wells, and joining me today in the co-host chair is someone who could easily be a Ben Foster lookalike, our dapper Southern gent, Blake Fowler. <laughs> First of all, I completely forgot Ben Foster was in this until I watched it again. <laughs> um, but second of all, yeah, we're going to talk about 30 Days of Night, and also, I'm going to tell you why you should stop hanging out with Josh Hartnett. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to have to try to hold ourselves on how much we'll talk about Josh Hardnett. <laughs> ben Foster. Look Just put me on the 310 to Yuma, Laramie, okay? What there you go. Do? All right. <clears throat> hey, look, he's a, look. He's a great actor. Let's just go. Let's just go ahead. If Ben Foster had played Eben, this would have been a better movie. That's such a better movie, right? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Such All right, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, this It's Halloween. Yeah. And uh, as always, we like to do a Halloween-themed episode, and we decided to do 30 Days of Night. For those of you who didn't know, it is a comic book. Yeah. It's a, a comic book series, yes. actually. Uh, and Blake is a big fan of that series. Love it. Uh, so you've got like 30 Days of Night, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. Uh, Which and, they did make into a yeah, movie. they did make into a direct-to-DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, it was very bad. But yeah, it's a, it's a series. The series itself, not the movies, the series itself is very good. Very well written. It is extremely graphic and gory, if that's not your thing. But no. uh, certainly worth a, a a read at night alone on your couch with a fire going and some bumps in the woods going on. So, yeah, uh, definitely worth a check out. There's my, my plug for 30 Days of Night. <laughs> well, before we get into the comic book, which we'll do in the moving panel section, since it is only based off of uh, the one series and not multiple ones, uh, let's just go and get into talking about the movie itself. So. Sure. When did you first see the movie 30 Days of Night? Uh, 2000, what, seven? I saw it when it came out. Yep. Released um, October 19th, 2007. Yeah. We, uh, I remember going to the theater with a couple of buddies. Didn't know much about it at the time, other than the fact that it was obviously going to be a vampire movie. And I, I'm a big horror movie fan. I love vampires, werewolves, the, the mummies, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you wanted to go see it, went and saw it, and was... Uh, fascinated to no end with it. Immediately went out and found the graphic novel, and and checked it out. So, so you didn't know it was a a comic book before? I did not. No, had no idea. Okay. And you knew from the credits? No, I knew after doing what limited research you could do on the internet in two thousand seven. Uh, I went and because so I'm the kind of person that after I watch a movie, I like to go and read what other people think about yes. the movie. Uh, yes, whereas and, people now just do that on their phone while watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. So while they're watching it in the movie theater, they, they just sit there and look. But yeah, afterwards, I like to go and check out and see yeah. if my viewpoint lines up with some other people's and maybe some interpretations that, that they had from the movie I may not have had. But somebody posted on, on one of the chats I was reading that it was a comic. And I want to say either the next day or the day after, because the movie came out on a Friday so probably on Saturday, I think I went out and got the comic book. And I have I have the original copy that I bought in 2007 still sitting on my shelf Very nice. Right now. Very nice. I don't think I saw it until it was released on DVD. Okay. I probably was still working at Blockbuster at the time. so What a job. Probably, First of all, super yeah. jealous, Laramie. Incredibly <laughs> jealous of your Blockbuster past life. Yeah, so I, I snatched it up um, as soon as we got it. Because, you know, we could always, as soon as it came in, we as employees, you could check, you could rent it. Yeah, because uh, you couldn't rent it once it was actually available to the public. Nice. There was a I forgot what the grace period was, but there was a you had to wait so long after it was uh, released to the public before you could rent it. Because this was uh, without paying for it, we say, we had to pay for it. Yeah. This was the day when stuff was flying off the shelves of Blockbuster, right? Like you couldn't. Oh keep, yeah, yeah. When I worked there, movies. it was yeah. When I worked there, it was still uh, yeah. It was it was crazy. Um. But enough about the blockbuster yeah, talk. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I saw it and I didn't see it until it came out in DVD. I've always been a big vampire fan. Yeah. And then to find out, as the big movie buff also that I am, that this movie was produced by Sam Raimi. Yeah, man. How about that? Yeah. 
Sam Raimi and Robert Tapert uh, just uh, just made me happy because I'm a huge fan of both of them. We'll probably watch anything that has either of their names on it, yeah, especially Sam Raimi um, for me. Like I, yeah. anything he does. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I would be kind of curious to know why he didn't direct it. Would, and, and I wonder and probably you the same thing. Would this have been a better movie if he'd have directed it also? Yeah, I mean, it definitely would have been. It would have the style would have been different. Could he have salvaged some of what was wrong, so to speak, with the movie? Yeah, I don't know because Sam Raimi, although I love his style, I don't know if it would fit this story. Okay, okay, Um, that would be my only concern. Uh, Now, David Slade, who directed it, you want to talk about a wide range of movies? The dude's done a lot. It's, and it's all over the place. I will say, though, the movie he did before this one, Hard Candy. If oh, you've never yo. seen Hard Candy, Whoa. yeah, go see Hard Candy. It, uh, it's not it's not a movie you're going to want to rewatch a lot. A young Patrick Wilson, if I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Patrick Wilson and uh, Elliot Page, Ellen yes. Page yep. at the time. Yep. Yeah. But ooh, you want to talk about a good movie. I had so... Off tangent real quick. I had no idea about that movie when I popped it in to watch. Didn't know what to expect. I watched yeah. it once. have not watched it again. Oh, no. <laughs> that's what I said. It's not a movie you're going to want to rewatch. No, not at all. But you you won't be upset that you've watched it. It's super good. It's very it's good. It's a great movie because yeah. I think I've only seen it once. Yeah, that's one of those where I was like, not seeing it again. I think David Slade did a good job with what he could. Yeah, I mean, you had a, a marble slab acting for you in the lead role, so it's not much you can really, <laughs> really do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then also you're taking, and again, we'll get into the comic more, but just to, to mention it quick here, you're taking what is a very stylized graphic novel. So very, incredibly so. And you're trying to make it realistic. And you know, you can you're, tell you're trying he, to bring it into the real world. He's trying to do that because in the movie, it's, everything's very blue. So the red of all the gore that happens does stand out to a certain degree. Yeah. So you get that, that kind of comic book stylized look just based on what you choose for the palette of the movie. So that I, yeah. I did like that. I thought that was a good choice. Cause it's, yeah, because you can't... <laughs> the, yeah, the big dilemma is how do you do a movie that takes place entirely in darkness? In darkness, yeah. How do you make a, that a movie? Uh, you should just get Chad to to b- give you an idea, right? Chad can can help us out on how to film movies in the dark. Well, Chad lives in a different part of Alaska. He's not L- Laramie. He's if, not in that part. This if, is if there's one thing they teach you in school is that all of Alaska is the exact same. Okay, every every part of <laughs> yeah. Alaska is the same. Yeah, just like the United States because exactly. it's yeah, yeah it's the every, same size. As everything the is States, New York so City. You didn't know that. <laughs> It, yeah, because this is set in Barrow, Alaska, which they say is the northernmost point of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I had to find out, was that fix, a, a fictional town or not? And it is not. It's real. It is real. It is not called Barrow anymore. Okay. Uh, they changed their name in 2016 to a name I cannot pronounce. It's Yutki Avik. Um, I'm sure it's a indigenous name. We are sorry to anyone we just offended. Um, yeah. Also. So, I, yeah, if I mispronounce that, I apologize. Uh, I'll spell it. U-T-Q-U-I-A-G-V-I-K. Anyone who that, can tell us how to pronounce that, uh, please yeah. reach out to us. Yeah, but they, they changed the name. It was Barrow, Alaska. Now it's whatever that is. Um, so, yeah, real place, and it is the most most northern point of the United States. Well, I think one of the lines, was it Joe in the movie? It was like, welcome to the top of the world, you know, and yeah. actually runs over everybody. Yeah. 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 Not, not the, you can, you can live in higher places in Canada. Right. But, but in the United States, that is the highest point. The, the mo- most northern point yeah. that you can live is in this, uh, this town there. You can see Russia from your back porch. <sighs> Just ask. Never mind. Sorry. That was going to go All a right. different direction. Moving on. <laughs> Let's get into the characters. We're going to hit these kind of quickly. We'll talk about the characters more in detail when we do talk about the the comic. Um, but we'll, we'll mainly, we'll focus on the performances yes, right here. Yes. Uh, so, of course, our main character, Eben. Is it Eben? Eben. 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 I did discover that apparently it's short for Ebenezer. Ah, oh, see. There you so go. your main character is named Ebenezer Olsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's 
Olm is it Olman in the comics? Yeah, it's not Olsen in the comics. It's been a minute since no. I've read the actual comic, uh, but I want to say it is it's Oldman or Olman. Yeah, well, it's old. It's O O L E M A U N. So Olman Oman or Oman. Oman. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, and here he is played uh, by the uh, real-life mannequin Josh Hardnett, <laughs> who not only can barely bring across uh, any type of human emotion, but he can barely grow any type of facial hair. Oh, uh, I know. It's like, this is supposed <laughs> to be 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. straight out of the Sears department store window, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Hartnett. <sighs> um, <sighs> yeah, he's... Okay, so let's go ahead and get that out of the way. 30 days, 30 nights. Uh, I'm sorry. That was, that's, that's 40, another, 40, that's that's 40 that's days, movie. 40 nights. Um, yeah, with this movie, and I look... This is a sequel to that, isn't it? Oh, God, no, that's, a different, that's a different thing entirely. <laughs> he went from having to go 40 days without doing something to now 30 days without doing without something. Without doing something. Uh, yeah. Um, again, family-friendly episode here. Let me, um, so <laughs> I, I looked up Josh Hart and its run of films because I was like, this seems like just... A guy in some bad luck. No. Let me run this off for you on why you should stay away from Josh Hartnett. Does the faculty ring a bell, Laramie? Okay, the faculty's good. Okay, hold I, on. I'm hold not going to diss the faculty. Pearl okay. Harbor ring a bell? Yeah, that's bad. Black Hawk Down? And, okay, that's a good movie. And Halloween H2O. I'm not disputing the movies. Yeah. I'm saying Josh Hartnett is a magnet for disaster. Anything uh. he's in is catastrophic. Hollywood homicide. You Hollywood you homicide. About, yeah, black that one. Black Dahlia. Okay. Uh, lucky number eleven. If he's around, Ugh. bad things are happening to people. Stay away from Josh Hartnett. Now I will talk about he. He did do another comic book movie. He's in Sin City. He is. I did see he was and, in that. And you know, they, it's just enough of him well, that it is. I think that's is because, tolerable. That's because his character was supposed to be a mannequin in Sin City. He wasn't supposed to have any emotion <laughs> no. at all. He did a great job yeah. playing who he is. But I remember seeing it in theaters, Laramie, and loving the movie. And I still really, really love the movie. I just forgot how bad of an actor Josh Hartnett is. And I hate that. Sorry, Josh. Yeah. It's just there's. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, he's a very nice guy. Yeah, he but... seems friendly enough. But there's zero now, emotion, urgency. Now I will. I've heard he's good in Penny Dreadful, but I've never seen. I've never Penny seen. Dreadful. I've never seen Penny Dreadful. I have not. Yeah. And I hear that it's so, an excellent show. Uh, yeah. Haven't watched it, but in this, he may as well have been frozen in a block of that Alaskan ice because that's about as much as he was giving to to the to the camera. Yeah. So and we're, we're just, we'll talk about the character really quick. Uh, and I, I may, I, I've only read through 30 days of night once and that was very recently. Um, but weren't you under the impression that Eben is like Inuit? Like he is. Yeah. So in the comic, I I don't know if it's inferred, but it's certainly implied that he is indigenous to the area. Yeah. Uh, and here we certainly. Which Josh Hardnett is not. We certainly have whitewashed that character if, if that is the case. Um, and you would think, you would think that the setting would lend itself to have characters who are of Alaskan heritage, indigenous heritage. And instead, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you might have one character who would be yeah. considered. You saw some like Inuit. in the in background as they're getting ready to leave. Right. Um, but yeah, of any character that actually was a part of the story. Yeah. yeah. I think you had the one. Yeah. So that's, that's certainly unfortunate and obviously a sign of the times of the movie making at that point in time. And a sign of the fact that they filmed this in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there that was, was the... it was not in Alaska <laughs> yeah. at all. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. and uh, Lord of the Rings, right? There we go. Just two, two yes. of the greatest <laughs> movies ever filmed. So a lot, of, a lot of locals to New Zealand were in the movie. Uh, yikes. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, you had his... And we're, we'll talk about this more. So I, I okay. want right. to preface before we get into this too much, but talk about his estranged wife, mm. um, Stella. It's just str- played by a strange wife. Okay. Yeah. Not even a played by Melissa George, who honestly, the only thing I ever think of um, with her is that she played Kathy Lutz in the uh, Amityville horror remake. Oh, I forgot about that. She did, yeah. didn't she? Yep, that's oh. the only thing I ever think of when I see her. Is she in um, anything else? 
of yeah, note? She was, there was this television show called The Slap that I know she did. Uh, Is that about what never, it sounds like it's about? Yeah, it's about a slap. Oh, okay. But I never watched it, is that so a, I can't Is that a prequel to the Chris Rock and Will Smith incident? No, no, it was, I think it was loosely based on a true story, uh, okay. and it was, uh, there was just this minor accident where a guy slaps this couple's child Oh, it's like a backyard party or something? I think I remember Yeah, that. and then okay. they created a whole television oh, yeah, show yeah, around yeah. it. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. We had to walk down that path for me to be able to refocus. Um, yeah. Yep. So she is in Amityville Horror. Forgot about that. Um, is she, and maybe you can tell me, is she like British? She. I feel like she has an accent in part of the movie when I'm watching it. She's Australian. Ah, okay. That makes sense being, okay. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes she has a very American accent and then other times this, this other accent bleeds through it feels like no pun intended for the movie but it feels like there's something else going on there yeah uh but again talking about not remembering i i actually get her confused sometimes with say it um say the name that i want you to say oh i really doubt i'm gonna say the name you're thinking i was gonna say estella warren oh no that's not not the because she's another one of those like you almost forget who she is actresses um who who is she's Canadian. Okay. But, but I always associate her with, she's the female character in kangaroo Jack. Oh God, Laramie kangaroo. Jack. Yeah. Well, she was also the, the female, like the human female lead in the Tim Burton planet of the apes. Oh, okay. So you, you can't tell me they don't okay, look yeah. alike. Well, I was going Eliza. I think it's Eliza Dushku. Isn't that the blonde? Oh no, no. Eliza Dushku's brown head. Who's the Eliza Dushku? Who's the Eliza that plays on the ranch? She's blonde headed. She was also, um, in the girl next door. Oh with Tim yeah. The yeah. Fan. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, uh Elijah. Is it, is Elijah oh Cuthbert? yeah. Yes. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah. she was on 24. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who I confused her with. At first, that's who I thought it was. Okay, I can kind of see that. Okay, well, thanks for throwing but... the bone there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, But I also think you kind of run into a little bit of... She doesn't give much either. No, she doesn't like, at all. The, I mean, she definitely gives more than Josh Hardnett. So does, but... so does the snow falling on the ground, Laramie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let, let's talk about a good actor, though. Um, Danny Houston. Yeah, man. Who plays Marlo, who I only know the character is named Marlo because of the comic book. <laughs> they never give because him a name in the movie. They do not say his name in the movie. Um, I don't think it's said at all. And even if it is said, they speak another language. And so you don't hear it. I tried to look up if that was based on any real language. Did you find anything about that? I, I watched something about it, and it was just they were trying to make it sound like almost you know, Ar- very Aramaic, almost very like uh, yeah, very old yeah. and okay. yeah, something like that. But but yeah, Danny Houston, who is giving his all as uh, yeah in in this movie, um, dude, pretty sure. Sorry, go ahead. Pretty sure he. No, you're fine. Um, I'm pretty sure he took a hit of something before he played this character, but dude, there the but he gives it his all. The scene where they're they're using the girl as bait, and she asks him like, please, like she's begging, like please God. She's begging, and he like God. he like yeah. looks up and around and says, mm-hmm. "No God, chills, no God, like absolute chills." I can remember in the theater seeing that and just being terrified at that one delivery. So he yeah he does a great job. And of course, this is a much better comic book movie for him than the other comic book movie he oh, was in, no, Laramie. Um, where he played Stryker oh. in the the movie that shall not be named. Oh, Laramie! <laughs> yeah, just just remember he he was also in that. At least the CGI in this was better than that other one. At least everything everything it, was better. Was, than the other one. Yeah, except Josh Hartnett. Maybe maybe Hugh Jackman should have played Evan, and then we could have had a real redemption <laughs> story. Yeah. Uh, and then also another X-Men connection, uh, which we mentioned already, Ben Foster. Yeah, apparently my, my twin, my doppelganger there. <laughs> yeah, play, playing the unnamed stranger who, is he, is he the familiar yeah, of the, uh, yeah, the vampires? Yeah, I think he's considered their familiar, yeah. Which is something else we'll get into when we're talking about the story. 
uh, in the comic. Um, but even he, but I gotta tell you, he you talk about another, yeah, another great performance. Yeah. Um, and I, I did hear he's he's a he's a method actor, mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's pretty much like once he comes on set, he's in character. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't do it in the annoying way like some other actors are you, do. Are you referencing Jared Leto right now? <laughs> I mean, look, I mean Jim Carrey's done it. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis, I think, method, gets a little bit yeah, too get a little, yeah. gets a little too far into it sometimes. But yeah, Ben Foster, who who has honestly, in my opinion, Ben Foster has successfully done what Shia LaBeouf has tried to do. Right. Yeah. He's he's got that particular market own lock well and started off as a as a disney kid actor right right. i mean a lot of people forget the flash forward uh little disney sitcom that ben foster was on good show yeah and i wish they would put it on something yeah but i I can't find it anywhere but yeah ben foster is great uh you know he can he can work with anybody i mean josh hardnett couldn't work with bruce willis and lucky number 11 but ben foster could in hostages yeah man so great movie that's a good one yeah, but yeah, great performance there by Ben Foster, who, like I said, X Men Connection. Because for those of you who don't remember, he played Angel, yeah. uh, Warren Worthington in X Men: The Last Stand. Give, uh, give sh- Ben Foster more roles, people. Let me say that real quick. I want to see Ben Foster. Yeah, he's more in stuff. a he's in a lot of independent stuff. Right. He's not in a lot of mainstream stuff. The mainstream stuff. Um, he's in very small roles too. Like I wish he had a bigger. I wish yeah. he had a bigger spotlight. That's all. Yeah. Uh, it, just to throw this one out, if you if you've never seen The Messenger, oh, uh, with yeah, Ben Foster, yeah, yep. that's a that's a great one. Oh, that is to, it's to a hard it's a, a hard watch yeah, too, though. Yeah, yeah, that's another one you probably won't watch twice. Yeah. But is that Woody Harrelson uh, in that with him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. They both are excellent in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some other people to mention uh, playing uh, Bo Brower is Mark Boone Jr. Uh, most people would probably know him from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. I knew him as Flass from Batman Begins. <laughs> Detective so, Flass. Good for yeah, you, Larry. Detective Flass. From Anytime Batman. we can work hey. in a Batman reference, I'm all for it. There we go. And then you also, I also recognized uh, Manu Bennett, who was playing Billy Kitka, yeah, the, Billy. the deputy. Yep. Uh, you may not have realized this, but he's Slade Wilson from Arrow. Oh, I did not uh, know that. He. He played Deathstroke oh, in the Arrow can, television uh, show. But I can really see that. Like he would make a great Deathstroke. Yeah. Okay. He he's also Azog on the in the Hobbit movies. You know the giant org. Oh. Uh, org, um, okay. In the the two the first two of the Hobbit movies. Yeah, I can see yeah. that now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's even though he's all CGI. Yeah, he's up, all, yeah but, he's, it's hard to recognize. But that's him too. Yeah. yeah. And then another one I wanted to throw out is uh, Eben's younger brother Jake. Uh, played by Mark Rendell. Mark Rendell, voice of Arthur on the PBS Kids show uh-uh. from 2001 to 2003. Yeah. Wow. Now, that, that might be the most famous role of anybody that's played on that show right there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely more famous than anything Josh Hartnett's ever done. Yikes. We are. Um, um, look. For any Josh Hartnett fan that may be listening, we are just going... <laughs> There's no Josh Hartnett we, fan. Okay, well, what are you I, talking no, about? All right, fair enough. Never mind. We're going to continue to go in on Josh Hartnett then. <laughs> Wicker, Wicker Park needs to be burned to the ground, all right? And for those of you... Oh, I never even that, saw that it's one. so bad. Oh, I remember God. it, but I didn't see it. Awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I know what you're talking about, but I never saw it. Ugh, ugh. So... <laughs> So yeah, so all of these characters, those, I mean, there's other characters, but not nothing really Nobody to really, talk about. Yeah, major roles. So of all these characters, uh, just ignoring the whole live or die, because they have done prequels to to this movie. Yep. Uh, who who do you want to see again, and who do you wish would get their face punched in? Uh, who do I want to see again? Um. Ba, 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 ba. Probably Arthur. I'd love to see Arthur again. Uh, just because he, you know, he was just trying to, to survive the night. He had no idea what was going on or how to handle himself. He had no problem killing yeah, that little but, girl. But had no pro- That's what I was just about to go with. When it came down to it, he was ready to do what needed to be done. Um, Look, his aim, too. Like, dude, brutal. The guy has chopped wood, clearly, before. Um, he, has, I mean, he has made firewood. 
Because you have to think about there. There were people holding her. How he didn't cut someone else's head off. I have no yeah, idea. so how he swung that with su- such great accuracy. Good, great, great tale. So I would like to 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 see him continue on in the the thirty days universe. Maybe maybe traveling the world, taking out the the vampires. But uh, the person I want to see get their face punched in uh, got their just desserts, and that was Billy because the dude murdered his whole family before the vampires even get there. Yeah, yeah, that was a. A rough reveal. Yeah. No, um, you don't... I'm with Josh Hartnett. and I am with Josh Hartnett on that. Yeah, don't hurt your family. Yeah. Never. But he gets his yeah. later well, on. Well, because... So. It, yeah, but it was such so rough because at the beginning of the movie when he's introduced, he's got all the pictures yeah, of his like, family. Yeah, he's like, oh, he loves his family. Yeah, yeah. So. And, they go, when, and Josh Hartnett is even asking him, you know, when are they coming? You know, they should come and, now, uh, you know, spend some time here. And he... I realize I'm a bit hypocritical because if you've ever seen The Mist, I am a massive yeah. fan of the ending of The Mist. I think it is one of, if not the best movie endings ever. Movie, so, not book. Book, yeah. The book is different than the movie. The movie. Yeah. Um, the movie ending. The movie ending. So I realize it's a bit hypocritical if you've seen The Mist for me to say I don't like Billy in this situation, but I love the ending of The Mist. You'll just have to... Uh, Give me some uh, suspense of disbelief, I guess, on that one. Yeah, it's a little different, though. It is. It is. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. So, how about yeah. you? How about you? Who Who are you hoping has made it and lives on to fight another day? So I'm I'm kind of with you. I think with the with introducing Jake yeah. and with having because he's not in the comic. If right. I'm, if, I, I, if don't, I remember, I don't right. remember he, seeing yeah. him in the comic. No, there is no younger brother in the comic. So I think with introducing Jake, and then if you wanted to do something like a franchise, yeah, I think you had a great idea of making him like a vampire hunter. Yeah, yeah, a Van Helsing-esque and, kind of character. Yeah, and him him going around, um, you know, trying to protect these other cities or towns yeah. or small towns or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's learned how to track them Yeah, or get information from the vampires on where another one of their their group goes. I think that would have been a very fascinating way to continue it. Even if they were, were to have done that in a series. Cause I, I know they've done a couple of series. Yeah. They've tried I haven't to watch, kick it watched off. Any of them, it's but. not, it's not very good. Um, and then who were, uh, so yeah, who are you like offing? Like, who do you not want to see any more of? I can't remember the character's name, but it was the dude with the, the, the dad who had dementia Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Hit that guy because he like runs out after his father and blows everybody's. Yeah, cover. well, because the whole—I mean, he—he's the guy you have to have in a movie like this, right? You know, he—he's the one that's like, we—we've got to go. You know, it's going to be better. Yeah, some of us might die, but <laughs> you know, we're—it gives a chance for some of us to live, and uh, yeah, he's just one of those, like, dude, just yeah, you just want to be like, like, okay, we'll put you outside and see what happens. You go ahead, yeah, and go. which is exactly what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what I would have actually loved to have seen though, I would have loved to have seen an end credit scene of his dad walking uh, to Wayne into Wright. Wainwright, yeah, <laughs> eighty miles away. That his dad actually survived, and you just see him walking down the road, and you see the "Welcome to Wainwright" sign. <laughs> I think that would have been great. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. A nice comedic ending to a horror movie. (laughs) (sighs) What seems to be the problem, pal? There's just so much pain in the world. So many issues. I don't think I can bear it. Well, friendo, it sounds like you could use a dose of pop culture roulette. Pop culture roulette? What's that? Some sort of pop culture themed podcast or something? That's right, sonny boy. When hope seems far, dive into some PCR! But I already get my entertainment news from Variety. Huh, that's pretty good. If you're a chucklehead, PCR gives you news you need, condensed, unfiltered, and raw, from three nerds who know a little something about something. Wow, okay, sign me up! That's the spirit. Pop Culture Roulette. New episodes every Monday, available on all major podcast directories. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the moving panels. Uh, So you didn't know this was a comic book uh, before watching the movie. Correct. Had no clue. Yeah. The comic book was released in August of 2002. It was written by Stephen Niles and drawn by Ben Templesmith. (laughs) Here's Here's an amazing thing I found out. 
You know, Ben Templesmith was 16 years old yep. when he drew this comic. Yep. Because I I really like Templesmith stuff. Like I'm a pretty. If he draws something, I usually try to read it because I, I just enjoy his his artistry. So yeah, I found out he was. I thought he was 17, but 16, 17. When, yeah, 16, 17. When he yeah. did this, I think he was 18 when it was released. Okay. Okay. I think is yeah. Yeah. I mean, incredibly talented. Incredibly talented. So yeah, good good for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very unique style. Uh, you know, very, it's very rough. Um, he, he doesn't, there isn't a, what's the word I want to look at, I'm looking for. It's, it's a lot, just a lot of lines. So he, re- he reminds me a lot of, he, he doesn't color between the lines. He reminds me a lot of, um, Jock. If you have read anything where Jock has been the illustrator, he does a lot of Batman stuff, but it's a lot of mm-hmm. rough edges, not a lot of finished yeah. lines, uh, a lot of, you get to kind of fill in the rest of the shape kind of thing. Yeah, uh, it's like okay, that yep, that that's a human form. Yeah, I re- but I there. I really like that that look. Well, and even the subtle thing, I didn't catch this until I was kind of flipping through the comic uh, while I was doing. My, I read it, and then as I was flipping through it, trying to make some of the connections, I didn't realize that like Marlowe, for instance, when they show Marlowe, his name is like drawn. Yeah, like inside, like behind yeah. him. Yeah, and the same thing when uh when V arrives, like their their name is yeah. in the artwork. Yeah, it's like almost hanging um, over them, like a title. Yeah, and so I thought that was a, a very unique thing. Um, but this, so Stephen Niles, he came up with the idea, and he pitched it as a movie first, hmm. and then when. Uh, when he kept getting rejected, he decided, okay, I'm going to make it a comic book. And then once the comic book came out, uh, which, you know, a lot of people said that this comic, which again, I didn't hear of either until the time the movie came out, but a lot of people say that this comic was really kind of the rebirth of the horror comic. I could say that. Sure. And that if it, if it wasn't for the success of 30 days of night image may not have been willing to give Robert Kirkman the ability to do walking, walking dead, dead. Yeah. Which was just like a year or two later. Yep. Wow. Um, so yeah, that is kind of interesting uh, to, to find that out. But yeah, IDW was the one who published the comic. Uh, and look, if y'all want to go out and read it, it's only three issues. Yeah. It's not long at that, all. Yeah. It's three issues that are only about 20 pages each. Uh, and that tells the whole story of this movie. I mean, again, they did continue. Uh, Dark Day is the the sequel, and they did continue it more. I don't know the names of all the other Thirty Days of Night storylines. And Stephen Niles and Ben Temple Smith did not stay with the whole series, so no. it does eventually reach a point where it looks more like a actual comic. Yes, and it kind of loses some of that stylistic nature, which I think lent, he has. That's what lent itself to the story. It made it. The artwork made the story scarier because, again, you there was no certainty about what you were looking at. The uncertainty made you uneasy yeah. reading oh, the story. Oh, it definitely, yeah, it definitely added to the the horror. Right. Um, reading the comic. I mean, there's, you know, there's pages where there's maybe two speech bubbles. Yeah. On the in, you know entire page, but there's so much being the, told in the artwork. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's so, and I think with. With the art being so stylized, you also have the the built-in pressure of what am I looking at? Yeah, you spend you spend more time in the comic, like on the yeah. page, and I think that if you're reading any any good comic, that's what you want. You want to be sucked in, so to speak, and that type of artwork creates a world where you have to submerge yourself in that world. And speaking of, let's get into kind of the lore. Yeah. Uh, you know, me again, big vampire guy, and I'm always about the lore of the vampire. Um, you know, when it with the Buffy stuff, and I was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, and just what is it that a vampire can do, can't do, what abilities do they have? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm all about that. the The lore in this is is very fascinating. So in the comic book. They have a little bit of a background, right? We know that they are, it, it's, it kind of reminded me a lot of the blade yeah. story yep. uh, or, or underworld where there are these elders and you know, there, there's this hierarchy and they, they have, I don't know if you would call them uh sex or they have 
you know, just little collections. Yeah, it's like just groups. Of, tribes, yeah, yeah, groups, yeah. yeah. And so you've got in this one, you got Marlowe, who's got his group, um, which I'm going to pause here really quick. How did they get there? Yeah, I don't know, man. I have no now, clue. Now, I think, I think the, in the movie, the, the, the you're boat, supposed to assume it's the, the boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. But in the comic, I don't think there's even, even there's not even an implicit suggestion no. at how they got there. Yeah. Um, now, you one might think, okay, can they fly? You never see them fly. In, no. But can they fly? Um, are you supposed to say, okay, a boat got them there in the comic, too, because of where they are? Yeah. Because uh, Vincent can definitely jump really high. Really high. As we find out in the comic. So let's talk about Vincent really quick, because Vincent's not in the movie. So Marlo brings this group to Barrow, lays out this whole plan. He then <laughs> emails Vincent, uh, <laughs> which we'll get into the, the little bit about the email in a minute. Yeah, no. But he, he emails Vincent to tell him the plan. Vincent then arrives in uh, Barrow, uh, Barrow, Barrow in order to punish Marlo. I mean, straights up murders him. Absolutely. Without regard for human life. Or yeah, or uh, or so, inhuman life, for that matter. Yeah. So so that I think that was an interesting twist in the comic yeah. to find out Marlowe's not really the one in charge. Right. Uh, that it was Vincent, um, because yeah, he he thinks this is a horrible idea, uh, and which they give this speech to Marlowe in the in the movie of uh, we've we spent you know thousands of years trying to convince the world we didn't exist. Yep. yep. And we can't do something like this to give them a thought that we do exist, uh, which of course only raised the question for me, if you've existed for thousands of years, why didn't anyone ever think of uh, yeah. attacking the, the Northern part of the world before? Let's go to the place where it's dark all the time. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're mindless vampires. They think about drinking blood and tearing flesh from, from bone. So I don't know that maybe they plan very well. So this is another thing. When we're talking with the lore, is are they vampires? Because vampires is never said. So, and I think I think that's one of my favorite parts of this this particular comic movie, whatever is the. And I, I just said a minute ago, your ability to project your beliefs and opinions onto what's yeah. going on. It allows for so much interpretation. It can be, you know a vampire it can be the boogeyman it can be the 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 baba ghoul like whatever you want to call yeah. it and you can you can kind of take what you want to and take what you want out of it now i do know that later in the series they do refer they, to their yeah they they refer to them as the nosferatu yeah so the, like the, the vampire they, they yeah. call themselves yeah. um but yeah but 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 they don't seem to have any of the vampire weaknesses other than light. sunlight. Yeah, light. Um, um, and they got like they don't have the traditional just two fangs. Like all their teeth are very yeah, sharp. Yeah, they got like ro like shark teeth. Uh, they have the pale skin. Mm. Um, so I think you can can kind of go okay well, they're vampires because they're they're pale skinned. Um, but yeah, yeah. I I would have liked to have seen somebody say because vampires are mentioned. Uh, I think. Uh, and it's like very briefly. Yeah, in they're the like, movie. oh, they're vampires. So why why were we not trying crosses, any type of blessed water, like anything? If you think they're yeah. vampires, garlic, try the yeah. traditional vampire things. Well, you know, the, they they do a lot where because even I know in the comic, they do a lot to say that well, they're not they're not susceptible to the traditional vampire. Right. Thing. Even the sunlight, apparently they can revive yeah, from being burned uh, from the sunlight, uh, which this movie doesn't get into, not, nor does the, the original three issues. Right. And then we talked about the language. I, I'm just going to bring this up. They speak English in the comic book. Yeah, they do. The whole time, pretty much. Yeah. And then the movie, they give them this language... And they even have, like you said, Danny Houston kind of does the no god. Yeah. Like, like he's, you can tell he knew enough English to know yeah. how to say that. But my question behind that is, is when you become a vampire in this universe, do you automatically know that language? Yeah, I don't know. Be because you're also looking like the little girl spoke straight up English. Yeah. 
Um, and my assumption with them saying that nobody recognized her was that she came with, with them, them, which that, is what yeah. happens in the comic. Yeah. She's with them in the comic. Um, and so I, the language thing I didn't understand. Well, I think, too, the thing that really bothers me in the movie is if you've been alive and pillaging and plundering for thousands of years, somewhere along the line you're going to pick up English. Like, you're, you're just going to, to pick it up. And so to only speak this this archaic language kind of threw me. Not that I minded reading the subtitle. I don't mind movies or subtitles at all. No, but, and it wasn't overly yeah, done. But they're, yeah. they're interacting with people who speak English. You would think these creatures who have been around for forever would know enough to be able to communicate with them via yeah, English. It's, yeah, it's fine if they have a language in order to communicate with each other right. so that... The humans don't know. True. But when they're speaking to the on. humans, you would think we're going to talk to them in English. Yeah. So so that was a little bit. Uh, in the comic, there we talked about vampire hunters. There are vampire hunters in the comic. Yeah. Um, they are just kind of there in the first three yeah, they, uh, issues. They kind of show up, yeah. Yeah, you've, you got, they're based in New Orleans. We don't know why, but they're based in New Orleans. There's this mother and son team. Uh, where they, some good bonding, they, yeah. They have this other guy who has you know hacked this email because that's something you could do in the early two thousands. You know, just hack an email, <laughs> um, which is the email I talked about earlier that Marlo sends to a V, which we find out is Vincent, Vincent. later. Yeah. Um, it tells them the whole the whole story. You know, hey, we found this town. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of exposition happens in yeah, that in, this in that email. email. And then again, I, I, you know, you assume they're vampire hunters, but yet they seem to be just like paranormal investigators because she just says, hey, go, go up there and, uh, film this. Um, but don't get involved. Just, just, just film it and it'll immediately come to us. In, in five years, uh, we're going to upload this on YouTube and it'll be viral. So please get up there and, and film it. Yeah. But I also love how she's, she says, but be careful, you know, like stay high, you know, uh, make sure that exactly you know, where the vampires are. You're just, <laughs> and then she hands him a gun and he was like, well, this isn't going to do anything. Uh, no, the gun's for you, sweetie. You know? <laughs> just in case. And then the next thing we know is, Hey, there he is in Alaska. And then he's, he's killed by, uh, by Vincent. Yeah. And and then that was it. That was it. Gun, Apparently, you find out more yeah. about them in the, as the series goes along. Yeah, gun didn't come in uh, handy, but yeah, yeah. Apparently, one of the uh, the TV shows uh, that was called Blood Trails, yeah. which again never watched, wasn't good. But apparently, it. it focused on this group of vampire hunters. Uh, but yeah, not. I, I was I was fine with leaving them out of the movie because there wasn't yeah, much wasn't to much them in the comic. It, yeah, so. Uh, but what there was a lot to, and uh, I wanted to talk about, was the relationship between Eben and Stella. Yeah, yeah. Because in the comic, they are happily married. They're solid. Um, they are. It, it's the two of them who discover the cell phones at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, then they decide to sit and watch the sunset because it's the last sunset, and it's this sweet little moment, which then is a great connection to the end. Good callback at the end, yep. Yeah, callback at the end of them watching the sun rise. Uh, but in this movie, they are estranged for some reason. Yeah, I think there's a, a little bit of stuff that's implied about, like, kids or having kids. And somebody... yeah, there's the one line yeah. about the kids. So, and I, I, And I don't know if... They lost a kid, maybe the miscarriage. Or... I, I took it more of she just didn't want to have didn't kids. Didn't want kids. And he he did. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Sure. I, that's because of the the line that he he throws to her at one point. Um, but but it was just so weird. It was like it made okay. Uh, I need if you're gonna focus so much on these two and their relationship, you gotta give me more. Yeah, it made no sense to make them estranged in the the comic, other than the simple fact of you wanted some uh, internal conflict to go with your external conflict of the yeah. of the vampires, and to have these yeah. two characters battling their their desire for not each other with each other, along with the fighting off these creatures. But it's um, it would have made the ending 
much better for me had they been good the whole time. Because at the end, and I guess we're gonna, I'm going to jump to the end here. So at the You're fine. At, the, yeah. at the very end, Josh Hartnett, Eben, Eben has be- become a vampire so that he can take on this this crew. And he and Stella watch the sunrise together. And as the sun comes up, he fades into to ashes, which is a a very cool aesthetically aesthetically cool scene to watch. I would have been much more invested in it if they'd been great the whole time. I would have thought, gosh, she is losing yeah. the absolute love of her life. He is yeah. gone. But I, I sat watching... Which makes the sequel make more sense. Right, correct. Because, correct. yeah, that is the story. The story of the sequel, uh, just to, to put this out there, the story of the sequel is Stella then decides to go down to the contiguous U.S., uh, Los Angeles to be exact, um, and she starts to expose the vampires to the world. Right. Um, which again makes a lot more sense when she's more connected right. to him. Because all yeah, um, all because I a was subplot like, a subplot of that story is that she's she discovers a way to bring, bring him, him back. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, which we'll we'll leave that there. I would have I would have been more invested though because at, for the movie it just seemed like oh, okay, well she didn't want to be with him anyway, so she it should be good for her that he's he's disappeared into ash and dust now. Yeah. Talk about that ending, though, because we talked about The Mist yeah. and how the ending in the movie, which Stephen King himself has said, the, the ending of the movie yeah. is better. He was than like, he yeah, I think he said, I wish I would have written it like the movie. Yeah. yeah. Do you really think this ending works? Because the, the idea, there is nowhere, talking about that lore again, yeah. there was nowhere that indicates uh, that he should be able to take the blood of a vampire or a person about to become a vampire, mm-hmm. which is what they do in both the comic and the right. the movie. Is it someone who was in the process of turning, um, and then in, eject, inject himself with it, yeah. and it would give him the powers? of the vampire as well as what made him think that he wouldn't just immediately kill everybody. Yeah. How is he able to, con- um, no one else is able to control the urge, but I tell you what, that, that well in the movie, well now hold up in the movie, oh, there was one Billy, Bi- Billy does. One. Yes, you're right. Billy does. He, he fights it for as long as he can. You're right. Well, I was going to give some credit to that. Just rock of a man, Josh Hartnett for, for withholding, but you're right. There is somebody, another character who does, um yeah i don't and then don't also yeah. his ab- his ability to fight like i thought this in both the comic and the movie like you've got i mean it's marlo in the movie but it's uh vincent in the comic who you assume have like you you're said they have existed for hundreds if not thousands of years right. and so they have experience with their ability now i d- and to me, it's so cheesy. In the comic, while they're fighting, the other vampires are like commentating. Yeah, they're just like watch, spectating, and, and talking about. Well, but it. they're also yeah. yeah, they're they're going. Oh, he's he's learning so quickly. Yeah. You know, they're they're talking about Eben. But that's that's the thing. Like, but how? Like, what makes him all of a sudden a good fighter? Now he does get in both the comic and the movie. He does kind of get beaten up a little bit at the beginning. Right. But I mean, that's going to happen for dramatic effect. Right. He's not all of a sudden going to be you know, a Superman yeah. uh, as a vampire. I had to throw that in there, didn't you? Just one Superman reference a, a, a show. Yeah, okay. I mean, you had your Batman okay, you're reference right. fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I just didn't get... And then and then in both cases, because the, the death of the main char- the main villain is the same in both, yeah. just, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm just going to punch you straight through your head. Right through there. Why not do that to begin with? <laughs> so, I, I just... I really... I can't say I can think of another way to end it, but I just, I had a problem with that ending for both the comic and the movie. Yeah, he almost comes by his victory too easily just because he turned into one of these things. He, he all of a sudden knows how to well, handle yeah. them. Yeah, there wasn't enough explanation right. as to how he, he was able to do right. that. Yeah, and, and, and typically your vampire lore is you become a vampire through a bite, not drinking their blood. So yeah, that's a little 
Uh, uh, well, or yeah, 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 a little. Well, but even in both the comic and the movie, they imply that even just a scratch, yeah, would, would can turn. You. But not just drinking their blood. I've never. Yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know. Well, he doesn't drink it. He well, injects, injects it. it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know that that's again enough explanation to to say. Oh, now he becomes one of them, and he knows all of their abilities or strengths or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So the other big kind of plot hole for me is the whole 30 days of night. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the um, timeline there, Laramie. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you need 30 days? Because they seem to pretty much devastate the entire town in one, one night. night. Could have been one day of night. Yeah. And then it's only because we get a little, you know, pop up that says like day seven. Yeah. And then we get another one later. Because honestly, I'm sitting there going, wait, how long has it been? And yeah. all of a sudden we get another yeah. one that says day 18. Yeah. Um, and the comic, <laughs> the comic does it even worse. Like the comic's just going along and all of a sudden they go, all right, it's been 27 yeah. days. What? Wait a minute. What? What? And and they're chilling in a basement. And I'm just going, in both cases, I'm like, how yeah. have you survived this long? Well, you have to have a pee corner, first of all. Like that's the first thing you have to yeah. establish. Yeah, well, I do. I do like in the movie where they're like, he's, "I got to go to the bathroom." So, okay, but just remember, don't, we can't flush, flush it. And I'm still sitting there going, "What is in that toilet? Yeah, what's no, in there? Don't, oh God! <laughs> like how you've been in there for how many days? That is a wood. What is in that? That toilet? is a Woodstock porta potty type toilet in there right now. Like you do not yeah. want to go in there. Yeah, it's like is someone is someone scooping that out yeah, like on just, a regular basis, just and tossing it out it. the window. Yeah, the time the uh, timeline's weird because if you're like me and you're basing it on Josh Hartnett's facial hair, they've been trapped for about eight hours, um, <laughs> or what it, what you would think would be eight hours, I guess. Uh, but so I did like that at the beginning they have Billy, uh, not Billy, yeah Billy, they have Billy change the yeah the, the sign. The sign, and so we know there's 152 people. Right. And then 15 minutes later, there's, there's not seven. nine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's seven. So again, why did you need 30 days? Uh, and then why is it so hard for you to find these seven people? Yeah, dude, you you have this apparently because there's there's what 20 vampires. They've got this super sense of smell. Uh, you know, it's implied, and so. Which I think they also imply. I think they do this in the comic, not in the movie. They imply that the cold does yeah, tam- tamper. Tamper. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, but okay, whatever. But even if you were to just okay, well, you know what? It's been a couple of days. Let's just walk house to house. Yeah, and just go through um, every single square inch. Yeah. Or if your plan is to burn the place down to begin with, do it ahead of time. Just do it one building at a time. Um, and they're they're yeah. so loud in that attic in the movie. Oh my like, goodness! How do you not? Goodness, goodness! If that was an Anne Frank movie, they would have long been oh no uh, been captured. Oh no! But, oh, oh. But, <laughs> you can't help but think that I did. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit. Um, oof! I don't know if we can come back from that one. That's a that's a first. I don't think we've had an episode we referenced. The Nazi regime in Germany. <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> if there was a diary written in this movie, yeah. it would be, everyone in here is too loud. We're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my goodness, the smell coming from the bathroom yeah. below yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Larry's dad won't shut up about his dead wife. <laughs> We're all doomed. <laughs> uh yeah, that that was just my other problem with it. Is and then there's again, there's what twenty vampires? Yeah, at least. Yeah. So it yeah. So if there's a hundred and fifty two people, twenty vampires. I mean, that's not a great ratio there uh, for their food consumption. Not at all. In my opinion, not at all. Well, two. If I'm the vampires, like I'm gonna see that sign in the outskirts of town and be like, all right, we've killed this one. We're missing seven people, guys. There's <laughs> yeah. there's seven yeah. people somewhere. <laughs> yeah. We've been around for enough years. We know how to yeah, do Yeah, we math. can count. Uh, Where's my abacus? Yeah. It's just, I had, it, it, and honestly, the, the comic is even more unbelievable because they're hiding in like a cellar, which first off, there's not going to be a, a cellar, cellar in Alaska. 
and yeah, no. in the northernmost point of the United yeah, States, there's not going to be a yeah, cellar. You can't dig a hole that deep out there. But but they're they're hiding in a cellar, smack in the middle of town, yeah, right in the middle. Like at, at least in the movie, they imply that they're a little off, right. off of yeah, the main yeah. stretch. But in the comic book, they're in they're in the main yeah. stretch yeah. of of road there. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> found found that. I just I had a hard time with that, but let's go ahead and get into our uh, final decision. Bag it, stack it, or trade it. Go ahead, Blake. What say you about Thirty Days of Night? Uh, well, if I were to write a journal entry about this and talk about my feelings, I would definitely stack it. It's good enough to keep around and and watch every now and then, especially around Halloween. I enjoy watching it in a couple other movies. Um, so I'd like to keep it. It's not something I want to keep in pristine shape. Don't really care about it that much, mostly because of Josh Hartnett's acting, uh, as we've mentioned, ad nauseum. But yeah, it's good enough to keep around, stack it. Uh, I enjoy watching it occasionally. Yeah, it's a stack it for me. I, I don't dislike it. I think the whole 30 days of night premise. I think it's a great premise. Yeah. I don't think it was executed both in the comic and the movie. I don't think it was executed perfectly. Sure. Um, again, I think if you're going to do 30 days, then find somewhere, some, some way for it to stretch out to the 30 days. Yeah. But I, but unlike, you know, you just said you, you watch it every Halloween. You're the one that brought this up. Yeah. I don't think about this movie. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Just not something like, that, I, not something I, that comes I, on your radar. Really? No, I I tend to forget about it. Even when I think even when I initially started up this podcast and I'm coming up with a list of movies to do, I don't think it was originally on my list because okay. I just totally forgot about yeah. it. Um, it's not a bad movie. It you know it's it's worth a watch. Could you rewatch it? Sure, maybe after a couple of years. I mean, it's um, and so here's the thing: when I say stack it, I rewatched this a couple of days ago just to catch up on it. And while I was re-watching it, I was working on wedding decorations. Like it's just some, no, it's, it's, it's something to have on movie. in the background. It's a good background. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I won't give you that. But but also, like I've talked about a lot through this episode, I'm fine with not getting a lot of explanation. Yeah. But this movie needed some. It needed some. Yeah, there's a lot of lore that, that you missed out on that you yeah. needed. There's just something, again, I'm fine with you not giving some background. I'm fine. Again, I'm fine with them just showing up yeah. and not explaining how they got there. But but I needed more as to why why they spoke in a different language. Sure. I need more as to, are they really fast vampires or are they slow yeah. and methodical yeah. vampires? Because that, that, that went back and yeah. forth. Because, um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, Hartnett is just dull. It's bad. It's really bad. Uh, um, I know, and 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 I want to sneak this in here before we we wrap up because I know we're, we've done our 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 judgments on it. But if you want anybody listening, if you want a really really good vampire comic graphic novel, Scott Snyder's American Vampire blows this out of the water bar none. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. That's my plug from my boy Scott Snyder, who did a Batman run that was fantastic. American Vampire, worth a read, especially around the Halloween. And if you want a better vampire comic book movie, uh, Blade. Yeah, sweet. Um, so, <laughs> Blade, Blade Two, uh, Blade Three, um, Trinity. Even. You think Blade Trinity is better than Thirty Days of Night? I would probably say it's about on the same level for me. I don't know if it's better, okay. but it's about the same. Something enjoyable okay. that I don't have to pay too much attention to. Definitely don't have to pay a lot of attention to it. No, not at all. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, Blake, and thanks for everybody for uh, tuning in. Uh, please rate and review the show on all of your social media, on uh, all of the podcasting platforms. Uh, let people know about this show, and when you leave us those five-star reviews and five-star ratings, and when you comment uh, and leave those written reviews... That gets the show noticed. So go out and do that. We'd appreciate it. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, enjoy it. And uh, But we'll end it there for today. For Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells. And I'll see you on the other side of the page.
life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go.